0: Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business show from the newsroom at Business in Vancouver. I'm Haley Wooden, executive editor at BIV. I'm joined today on our show by a familiar face on this program. Jason Turcott is the vice president of development at Cressy Development Group. He joins me to talk about trends in residential and commercial real estate in Greater Vancouver. Jason, thanks so much, as always, for coming back on the show.
1: Yeah, it's great to be back.
0: Why don't we start with the residential side of things? There is no shortage of stories of homes selling for over asking in relatively short amounts of time. Tell me what you're seeing in the residential marketplace in greater Vancouver.
1: Well, what we what we saw really uh, start even in the fall, uh, going back probably to September, was was uh, uh, the market in single family neighborhoods a little more, you um, um, middle of the road, as far as price point goes, not so much the high end, at least initially, um, markets like, you know, North Vancouver, um, East Bend. And then certainly as you went out, uh, towards the Valley for single family and townhomes. So people looking for some extra space, less scared of the commute. So all the influences that were happening that we were really pointing at, uh, sort of the, the COVID shift that just kept going on charging. And I think, uh, um, uh, escalated so much that I think it just started to drag the rest of the market with it. Frankly, I think I think the low interest rates, certainly until recently, the uh, the sense of optimism that we were getting towards the end here of the pandemic was was fueling buyer behavior. But we started to see not just those segments getting hot, but condo coming back in a big way, even some of the luxury markets starting to pick up. Not not to the same extent, but um, now we're sort of seeing uh, uh, condo and single family at just at, at levels we we have literally never seen before. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you about that because there's some concern about just how hot the market is, as well as concern around speculation in the market. Are we at risk of seeing uh, relatively uh, recent history repeating itself in the market?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I get where the speculation comes from, and, and um, you know. I, I don't have the crystal ball, but when I sit and look at it, I, I, I can't help but imagine that it, it will be tough to have any significant correction uh, if we're seeing this escalation happening and, and we don't have immigration right now. And, and we, we still don't have uh, significant levels of new people moving to this uh, country, this province, this city, and they are coming. And we know that that uh, uh, as we get uh, vaccinations, um, rolled out across the world and, and life goes back to normal in terms of flights and, and, and travel and all these kinds of things, that uh, there's, there's a year and a half worth of, of, of immigration to get caught up on, plus the lofty targets that we know that uh, the Liberal government at the federal level has already set out. So I just have this hard time believing that at least in the next while that we're going to see this slow down at all.
0: Fair enough i feel like we focus so often on the demand side and don't pay enough attention to this supply side and what's happening there is it still a very tight market in terms of supply and expected supply that's expected to come on the market
1: well, yeah, I, I think we were actually in a pretty good spot as an industry on the on the pre-sale condo side because there had been a, a bit of a tough year in 2019, didn't get enough of a start on 2020, although it was looking promising before the pandemic shut everything down. And so we've had, you know, I would say almost the better part of two years of projects getting approved, even though they still get approved painfully slowly, in my opinion. Um, at least there there was a bit of a, an ability to build up. Um, potential supply. And, and But as you know, um, we don't build if we don't sell. I mean, that's just how our, our, our condominium uh, development uh, um, market is, where, where the financing uh, typically isn't available on anything of a, of a larger scale unless you have a significant number of pre-sales. And the banks are certainly being cautious on pre-sales. Um, they're, they're, they're looking for 50, even 60%. And that's for reputable developers uh, of the building to be pre-sold before they'll finance. Um, so yeah, I mean, on that side, we're doing okay as far as being able to supply and we, we're sort of meeting demand or, or, or or trying to ramp up to meet that demand. But on the townhouse side, um, and, and on single family, we just don't create enough of it. We, 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 I don't know that we ever will, and it's still very, very tight.
0: That sort of financing piece where lenders are looking for 50 or 60% percent pre sold has that always been the case or is that more of a condition of the market that we're in now?
1: Um, It's it's not, it's not drastically different. It it, it ebbs and flows a little bit with sort of uh, uh, Toronto's view of the marketplace and their perceived risk of of, um, exposure. Um, and, And it's influenced by a number of things, the, the overall market, uh, um, the percentage of, of business that they might have in one city versus another or, you know, uh, in their overall portfolio. So it'll range anywhere from as low as uh, 30 or 40%, again, for, for people, uh, developers with track record to, you know, like I say, up, upwards of 60% even, and, and, and that might even be higher for a newer developer or, or somebody with less of a track record.
0: Interesting. Well, let's shift over to the commercial side. It's been so interesting to see conversations take place around the value of an office space or even the future of an office space. What's happening in the commercial market?
1: A Little slower. Um, uh, there is activity. We, uh, we're, we're, in the office market right now, building an office building not far from where I'm sitting actually. And, uh, there, there certainly is activity, although, um, I think the sense from tenants is that they have some choice. Um, They're not in any great rush because you know they don't exactly know when normal is going to be, Uh, but I think everybody looking out beyond the next um, 12 months anyways does see a return to uh, maybe a slightly different normal uh, in that there might be some more uh, flexibility for a combination of work from home, work from office, but I don't talk to many people that anticipate the current uh, situation uh, lasting as it is. Uh, I think people are frustrated, both both employers and employees, of being disconnected and being home. And the technology platforms we've learned to use are a great supplement, but they're no replacement for, for actually being in a room and being able to pop next door and, and have an impromptu conversation. Uh, so I think that the, the sense is, it, it will be okay, and, uh, and, and, but tenants are certainly taking their time and making decisions right now.
0: I'm sure many people too, watching the vaccination rollout and waiting to ensure that it's very safe to return to the office if their workforce hasn't done so already. I'm curious if you've seen maybe considerations around not needing that office space in Vancouver, perhaps, and looking to another city within the region that's maybe a bit more affordable, still needing the the value and the advantages of a physical space, but not necessarily needing to pay that downtown premium.
1: Yeah. So. Um, uh, Suburban office is, is is always been a a, a rather fickle um, a product type. I mentioned earlier 425 West Six, which is a more urban office that we are offering for lease, uh, which is very common in and closer to the to the core. Um, we're working on a project out in Coquitlam, actually a site that we've owned for a long time. We 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 picked up as as a Part of a uh, an assembly of three residential towers that we've sort of postponed, and it was slated for an office development. We've actually gone back in, amended our development permit to make it larger. And uh, as is often the case in more suburban office markets, the demand tends to be more ownership driven than it is uh, lease, and that that's simply because the uh, the demand comes from uh, professional services, doctors, dentists, uh, insurance agents, uh, versus sort of the you know head office type. Uh, uh, tenants, so we um, we think uh, for two reasons. One, I think people are looking to get back to business as usual, but they're they're also realizing that maybe having to ask everybody to drive in, if if your if your employee base might be more in the valley or or in the Tri Cities, having everybody drive downtown is not necessary, um, and. Um, this combination of work from home, work from the office and being close to the office that everybody's sort of coming accustomed to might be something desirable. And there's there's probably a a whole number of people that have gotten pretty sick of working from home and don't know when they're going to go back to whatever office it might be and might want to have a smaller space. And so we've got spaces as little as 600 square feet that we hope uh, will appeal to someone that maybe likes the idea of working from home, but not actually in the home, so uh, thinking about people who might live in Coquitlam, picking up a small office space to to kind of continue to do what they're doing, but with a little more peace and quiet around them.
0: To even just get that change of scenery, <laughs> for sure,
1: for sure, and and being around other people and having a common amenity and all these kinds of things, you just uh, you you don't get the monotony of, uh, of waking up and going to work at your uh, kitchen island gets gets old.
0: Yeah, yeah, very quickly. <laughs> um, has the pandemic prompted you as a developer to rethink how you develop commercial space, either in terms of floor plate size? You mentioned the smaller spaces available, but I'm even thinking to the other end, like not having people crammed into a tiny space, adding more elevators, rethinking amenities, all these things that we behave differently now because of we, the fact that we've gone through this pandemic.
1: A bit. You know, I, I think personally, uh, I, I won't speak for other developers. I've heard all kinds of interesting ideas. Personally, I, I try not to knee jerk too much. I mean, I think that there's a reason why we do things the way we do, uh, because they work. So offering great amenities is still part of um, our package. Are we mindful of of, of People's perception of you know maybe not wanting to be too crammed in absolutely and and certainly where you can give peace of mind at a decision buying time things like uh, you know contactless elevators and points of entry and 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 small I think top of mind type uh, touch points are 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 becoming pretty common and being promoted regularly um, in commercial and in, in residential you're even seeing retrofits of buildings that are now going to touchless entries and elevators. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, it's interesting. It's a lot of the a lot of trends that were already happening, uh, things that you know, wheels that were sort of in motion that just got sped up tremendously by the pandemic. You know, we were already going in the direction of, you know, uh, RF uh, controlled front entry, where you just walk up and the door senses that your fobs in your pocket and opens for you on very high end luxury buildings, and it sort of typically trickles down into the mid and lower markets, and and it just sped all that up. So it's been it's been neat that way.
0: Final question, Jason, before I let you go, we of course have two budgets coming up, the BC budget and the federal one. Anything you're going to be looking for in particular as it relates to housing or the broader construction and development sector?
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, discussion around this notion of uh, uh, capital gains on principal residents. Uh, there are a whole host of uh Uh, potential complications and, and issues that we come out of, not just implementing such a drastic change. I mean, we have been conditioned as Canadians to uh, you know uh, treat our home like our retirement savings plan you know, buy your home pay down your mortgage let the market uh, uh, grow and then uh, when you're ready to downsize sell that and you, can, and you fund your retirement and that changes that game plan a lot for people uh, you know you have to consider things like it does it become retroactive somebody that bought their house 30 years ago are they now going to be subject to the tax and it, it could really change people's uh, planning of, of of retirement, so that's something. And and then of course the the implications that has on the market. That's something we're, we're watching very closely. And then I suspect there that there is likely to be other um, uh, measures that come out that, that might be aimed to try and cool this thing down a little bit because it's certainly smoking hot. And typically when the real estate market gets overheated or, or, or very red hot, they uh, they try and dampen it somehow. So I guess we're we're, we're just holding our breath to see what that is.
0: Yeah, fair enough. We'll all be watching for that. Jason, as always, thanks so much for coming on the show with your insight.
1: Always my pleasure. Thanks, Haley.
0: That's Jason Turcott, Vice President of Development at Cressy Development Group, and this has been BIV Today. Thanks so much for joining us. Our show will be back with a new episode tomorrow.